Hi, everyone. Welcome to a fresh post-trade deadline edition of your Blackhawks Crazy Podcast presented by FanList. Alongside Joe Brand, our Blackhawks reporter for home games and WGN sports anchor and voice of the Kane County Cougars and sideline reporter, yada, yada, yada. I'm Chris Bowden, your pre- and post-game host on WGN Radio. It is late on Monday night after we have heard from Stan Bowman following the Blackhawks' two most significant moves here today. Uh, on Monday, after uh, the trade deadline passes, we did have to wait about three hours in order to hear from the vice president and general manager, but we stuck it out, folks. And we're going to ask you to stick it out for just a moment longer because Joe is here, first and foremost, to tell us about our presenting sponsor, Joe. Well, Chris, Blackhawks Crazy Podcast is sponsored by FanList. FanList is the best platform for season ticket holders to sell their tickets. Are you a Blackhawks season ticket holder who sells multiple games? Get over to FanList.com slash BlackhawksCrazy. That's spelled F-A-N-L-Y-S-T dot com. FanList partners with multiple ticket marketplaces and lists tickets for sales across all marketplaces all at once. Sites like StubHub, Vivid Seats, SeatGeek, GameTime, and many more. They do all the work. Multiple marketplaces will increase your ticket exposure, causing tickets to sell faster and for higher prices. Plus, FanList is free to use. Registration and listing tickets are free. When tickets sell, FanList charges the industry standard 15% of the final sale price. It's the same rate that all those major marketplaces charge. There are no hidden costs or added fees to use FanList. It's the best way for you as a season ticket holder to sell your tickets. Go to FanList.com slash BlackhawksCrazy to receive a $20 bonus on your first sale. F-A-N-L-Y-S-T dot com slash BlackhawksCrazy. Once again, an A-plus-plus effort from Joe Brand on the uh, FanList read right there. And so let's dive into this. We will bring you Stan Bowman's entire teleconference um, with the media here. Uh, following the passing of the trade deadline. And and first and foremost, Joe, we have to break down T.J. Brennan returning to the Rockford Ice Hogs in exchange for Nathan Noel. Let's move on from that one. (laughs) That's the headliner (laughs) of our podcast. We we should have led with that. That was the first press release sent out by the Blackhawks. Despite all the all the uh, speculation and reports that were out there, again, most of these guys on the national NHL media front uh, are, are have their ear right to uh, right to the grindstone with agents, certain general managers willing to talk to them and give them a heads up as to what may be coming and kind of jumping the gun here. But in the end, uh, the Blackhawks send, as expected, Eric Gustafson over to the Calgary Flames in exchange for the higher of Calgary's two third-round draft picks in the 2020 draft. Not unexpected, and we'll get to why a number three wasn't necessarily unexpected here in a moment. But also, uh, Robin Leonard was, in fact, as you know by now, dealt to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a second-round draft pick, one that Vegas owns from Pittsburgh, ironically, that they received for selecting Marc-Andre Fleury in the expansion draft a couple of years ago. Now the guy that. Leonard will be sharing the goaltending duties with if Fleury is not, in fact, still the quote-unquote number one as a three-time Stanley Cup winner. His play has dipped a little bit, but the Blackhawks uh, also, uh, as part of that deal, are receiving a uh, twenty soon-to-be 20-year-old defenseman, sophomore defenseman at the University of Denver, a former fourth-round pick in 2018 of the Golden Knights, Slava Demon, who is a teammate of the Blackhawks' Ian Mitchell at the University of Denver. They also received goaltender Malcolm Subban, who was a former first-round pick of the Boston Bruins, 
back in 2012, has himself a certain body of work here in the NHL that uh, has perhaps not lived up to the expectation to where he has been drafted. He's been given several opportunities by the Vegas Golden Knights to be the guy behind Marc-Andre Fleury, but he hasn't exactly stepped up and taken that. And finally, they do receive a second-round draft pick, as we mentioned here, uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, that is probably the, the most important part of these puzzles, gaining second and third round draft picks. But Joe, I know there's a certain amount of disappointment here in that the Blackhawks uh, fans and perhaps some media thinking uh, they should have gotten more, not necessarily maybe for Gustafson, but for Robin Leonard. And as you'll hear Stan Bowman explain, there was a reason for that uh, because of the goalie market being what it is, those teams that are in playoff contention, yeah, there are a couple who do have a need right now, but also it takes two to tango in terms of what you want to give up. So Stan obviously is going to take the best deal he can possibly get, and it turns out to be this one having to settle uh, number two being the highest draft pick that he can get. Yeah, and going back a little bit with what you were saying, not coming away with any first-round draft picks, I I think it's Heading into the trade deadline, all the assets that the Blackhawks had, and we've talked about it on multiple podcasts with two goaltenders that you would think a Stanley Cup contending team would love to have to just provide either depth or be the number one goalie to move forward. But like you mentioned, and like Stan Bowman mentioned, it is different when teams are in need of a goalie. If if you have a goalie that you like, and in this case, the Vegas Golden Knights really like Marc-Andre Fleury, who has three Stanley Cup championships, and again, or you brought it up, how he was some pretty much the backup role in the last two with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but when you like your goalie, it's it's tough to want another goalie, and that's the hurdle that Stan Bowman seemed to have had to jump during this trade deadline negotiation, but again, Robin Leonard's play this year made a lot of Blackhawks fans optimistic that the return should be good. And it is interesting with what they got in return, and one of the big pieces being Malcolm Subban, who is another goaltender that has been the backup role for his entire career. And the Hawks are already in a decent goaltending situation, mm-hmm. even without Robin Leonard. But you do hear Stan Bowman bring up the fact that it's it's difficult to add another goalie to your NHL roster once this deadline hits. But this puts... Colin Dealey in a weird spot. It puts Kevin Lankin in, in a weird spot, at least moving forward, or I should say this year, because moving forward, Malcolm Subban is a restricted free agent right. after this year. I don't see a world where the Blackhawks contain him. Unless he somehow, you know, in in co- co- coordination with Jimmy Wade, the Blackhawks goaltender coach, finds something here. But the Subban body of work, and it does, uh, you'll hear Stan mention here, he gives every indication that for now he is the backup goalie to Corey Crawford up here. He has 65 games of NHL experience, 60 starts the numbers this year. At Vegas, 9-7-3, and three, a 318 goals against average and an 890 save percentage for his career, 30-23-7, a 2.97 goals against and an 899 save percentage. With the exception of a couple of games uh, during his time in Boston, this is all with the Vegas Golden Knights who were waiting and pleading and hoping for him to become the reliable guy behind Marc-Andre Fleury. He only showed flashes of that, uh, didn't uh, gain any consistency. This is a 26-year-old goaltender who, again, as you mentioned, is a restricted free agent there's no commitment to him behind the, beyond this season and for the here and now gets an opportunity here in Chicago to see if things can change um, and see how much upside the Blackhawks might be able to evaluate in him but they committed to Colin Delia for three years three million dollars uh, a little less than a year ago um, after you know showing signs of promise there 
He started poorly in Rockford. He rallied and is their better goaltender now. Kevin Lankinen, the guy coming off uh, one of the MVP awards in the World Championships, or if not the the goaltender of the um, World uh, Championships last year for Finland, having a strong start, becoming the Ice Hogs' lone all-star representative, and then falling back a bit more here lately. And both goalies have battled a little bit of an injury bug, too, as well. So for the here and now, Malcolm Subban seems to be the guy. Again, no commitment to him. It was a little bit of a head-scratcher to me as him being part of that deal, but maybe that was necessary in order to make this deal for the Vegas Golden Knights. And before we hear from Stan here, you know the other teams that were believed to be interested in goaltending, especially the Carolina Hurricanes after the David Ayer show the other night when both Peter Morazic and James Reimer went down, from all the reports we're gathering, the Mrazic injury and the, and the collision with Kyle Clifford appears to be a concussion. They don't think it's going to be long-term, but you never know. These things are, are concussions you don't have an exact timeline on. James Reimer, lower body injury, maybe a, bit, a little bit longer term. And then Brett Pesci also went down with a shoulder injury in that game against Toronto when Ayers came to the rescue. So everyone was connecting the dots right away, myself included, that, hey, Leonard Gustafson to Carolina, that'll solve all their problems depending on the return. And uh, Carolina, I believe, had uh, at least one, if not two, first-round draft picks, and that would seem to be a fit. Well, Carolina wasn't ready to meet that asking price, at least as far as the Blackhawks are concerned, or better, what Vegas may have been offering. Again, it takes two. And they decided to bolster their defense by acquiring Sammy Votnin from New Jersey and Brady Shea from the New York Rangers as part of you know protecting their goalies. And their two goalies that they have now – Splitting time down in Charlotte, one of which, ironically, is Anton Forsberg, who went to the Carolina Hurricanes, along with Gustav Forsling and the Calvin DeHaan deal. Forsberg at Charlotte this year, uh, 15-9-2, 2.95 goals against in a 9.05. And it appears as though, despite them battling for the wild card in the East, they decide that they're going to ride the guys that they have in the system, bolster their defense, and not give up their first round or one of their first round draft picks in the trade. And uh, that has apparently went down. Even though it seemed like a perfect fit for what the Blackhawks had to offer, Carolina wasn't going to go that way, and they had a mind of their own on what they wanted to do. And as far as Colorado is concerned as well, with Philip Grubauer down, um, again, there's no revealing. They, they put the indefinitely tag on how long these guys are out, and that's the case with Grubauer. They signed Pavel Franco, their backup to an extension, but he's a young and experienced guy. They decided to bring in Michael Hutchinson, who is a journeyman goaltender and couldn't even hang on in Toronto here this year as part of a safety valve there. And it's tough to, as we talked about in our last podcast, to deal and make trades and make fair trades seemingly with teams within your division, whether you were going to get what you could possibly get with someone outside of that division. And I imagine that was part of this whole mix too. But that's what was really leading a lot of people to think that Carolina was going to be the marriage for the Hawks in this trade deadline with them needing defensive help, them possibly needing goaltending help with what happened over the weekend. You can kind of understand, yeah, going with Sammy Vonton, and we talked about it, how all the other defensemen that were moved, whether or not, the other team acquired a higher return than what the Blackhawks got for Eric Gustafson. They're pretty much all better suited defensively, but Mm -hmm. Gustafson provides that offensive surge that 
is is pretty unique, and that's but is a small body of work based right. on what he did last year because he regressed again this year. Right, you know? and that and then you bring up the whole speculation of well, what could have the Hawks gotten from Gustafson prior to this season beginning? But that, that's a whole other argument. That's all the hindsight things yeah. and uh, Twitter verses is full of that. <laughs> but yeah, going back to what you mentioned, and we'll go to Stan right after this. So of of a lot of these defensemen who were traded last week, um, New Jersey gets a number two from the Islanders for Andy Green. You go to, uh, well, uh, Brady Shea, who is a better overall defenseman than uh, Eric Gustafson. The Rangers get that number one, uh, one of those number ones from Carolina. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, Winnipeg uh, sacrifices only a number three for Dylan DeMello. That's probably on a par. Different types of defensemen, but in terms of uh, what they overall bring to the table in terms of value, a number three, kind of matching what uh, Gustafson, uh, the Blackhawks got for Gustafson. Um, going through a couple of uh, the others, uh, Brendan Dillon, better fit, better overall defensive defenseman and the kind you need in the playoffs, going to Washington. And uh, in return, the San Jose Sharks get a, a number two and a conditional number three from Washington, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Marco Scandelli, uh, a, a, a number two, from uh, from St. Louis to Montreal in order for the Blues to get Scandella and uh, you know have a little bit of a buffer for uh, the loss of uh, Jay Bomeister. and then probably the other big move and, and and we can talk this when we talk about this more when we come out in terms of winners and losers around the league. Besides Robin Leonard, Alec Martinez being acquired by Vegas from L.A. for twenty and twenty one number two draft picks. So those defensemen, there may be another one in here on the, uh, that I'm missing as far as some of the, the transactions that have gone down over the course of the last several days. But I think Eric Gustafson's number three is, is probably all you were going to get with, uh, with what he was bringing to the table. Um, I don't know how reliable he will be in playoff mode, which he's never experienced before, and he's had a down year as well. Who knows? Maybe he finds the magic that he had last season here over the course of the last three or four months of a year ago. It just never returned, and now he's going to be thrown into a situation in Calgary, themselves suffering from some injuries, and uh, he's going to be caught in the middle of a, a playoff race right there, and we'll see what kind of value he gives them in return. Well, when we came into the station today everyone's saying oh you know nothing's happening why isn't anything happening everybody (laughs) was saying this it's 12 o'clock that's what stan doing that's what you kept saying was that's what he does stan bowman goes all the way towards the end and that's clearly what happened but i think there was no way they were going to leave this trade deadline without moving eric gustafson so but my concern went into once that happened okay is that it and even the leonard move was a buzzer beater so that's what also leads me to believe maybe Stan Bowman was playing a little bit hard to get with Robin Leonard, seeing what offers he had, and then when it all came down to it, Vegas is what was left. He had to pull the trigger on it, and that's what you get. And as we go to Stan here during the course of this teleconference that he had with Chicago Media late on Monday afternoon, you will hear him explain kind of the tricks of trying to move a goaltender and how many spots are open among those teams that are contending. No doubt there were a few but teams deciding to go the other way and um, uh, how difficult it is to uh, move goaltenders here at the deadline. Because to be quite honest, it is, it is a rarity to, to have 
um, star, high-caliber goaltenders get moved at the deadline. And that was the case here as he gets a number 2 draft pick in return. So among the th- topics you'll hear Stan address here during a good, I don't know, 18-plus minutes here uh, of this teleconference with the media, um, you know, he, he's asked about, uh, you know, clarifying what the goalie market looked like. You'll hear him go into some uh, details about that, um, where this leaves the Hawks here present and now moving forward. He talks a little bit more about the backup goalie situation, asked a couple of times about whether the door remains open for Robin Leonard to perhaps re-sign at the end of the season when he becomes a free agent, because Marc-Andre Fleury is signed for a couple of more years, um, and he is their number one guy. Vegas is cash-strapped. If We found out later that Toronto had to be involved in the deal in order to move some money around, so Vegas didn't have that burden of uh, uh, retaining the remainder of this season's salary for Robin Leonard. And again, um, talks a little bit more about negotiations. Really didn't talk about, but shied away from that, preferring to let uh, Robin or his agent say what they want to on that, if in, in fact they want to. But it began this back and forth with reporters talking about his overall evaluation of trade deadline day. Just how happy are you with uh, how things went today and how each of the three trades worked out? Well, coming into today, we had a couple of objectives, which was, uh, you know, we had two players that were unrestricted free agents, and uh, their status without a contract next year means that, you know, the the goal was to try to get some asset value return from them, and uh, we certainly did that. I think going into uh, a period like this at the trade deadline, um, you have to try to manage your assets going forward and when you have expiring assets and you, you talk around the, the league to teams and find out if there's interest in them and then you do your best to to get the maximum return you can. So, uh, you know, as far as other conversations we had, you know, we certainly have other players, uh, but their status is different as far as, having a contract or being a restricted free agent. So, you know, there's a different pressure point there. But when you have players whose value value is what it is, then um, that's how the conversations took place. So uh, we had a lot of conversations over the past couple days. Uh, Certainly it was a busy stretch talking throughout the league with uh, other teams and understanding what they wanted to get in return and what they were looking to add. Uh, so I think uh, that was our goal heading into today. Hi, Stan. Do you think you were kind of the victim of unfortunate timing here, the way Robin, his performance had dropped last month, and Gustafson, the way he's having a down year after what he did last year, and maybe, you know, you could have gotten up a higher return on both those guys in a different situation? Uh, Mark, it's hard It's hard to answer a couple hypotheticals in there. Uh, I think, you know, there, there is... Certainly, an interesting situation with when you have a goalie, um, and that's because it's a very important position for sure. Uh, but as you look at around the league, you know there was certainly a group of teams that are looking at next year, so they were not uh, destinations uh, or teams that were looking to add a goalie. Uh, then you looked at the other teams that are um, thinking they have a chance this year, and. You know, a lot a lot of them have comfort with their goaltending position, and a goalie's just it's different in the sense that you only have you only play one goalie a night, um, 
and you have six defensemen and 12 forwards. So even if you have three or four to five defensemen you like, you can always use another one. Uh, but if you have a goalie you like, you're not necessarily that interested in another one. So I think that's why the goaltending situation is always unique. Um, no question it's an important position. Uh, but when you when you start to di- dive a little deeper into teams' needs and how they want to uh, spend their assets, then you realize it's a different situation than uh, a forward or a defenseman. Uh, so, and then in Eric's case, um, yeah, you can speculate on how a uh, value would be different based on uh, a player's performance, but you know that that's still guessing. I, I don't know if there's a lot of value in that in trying to figure out what a player's value would have been in in the hypoth- hypothetical situation. So, I think th- this is where we're at today, and I think uh, our goal was to make sure that we got re- a return for. Two guys who, you know, once once you get past the deadline, their value drops uh, dramatically. Uh, so you, you have to try to get the best return you can. Hey Stan, um, I'm just curious if you did you try to negotiate with Robin much because that was something that was talked about. Obviously, if you could keep him for the long term, and then were you close to making a deal with uh, any other team, and specifically Colorado, when it came to Leonard in the in the last week? Um, you know, I, I know why you guys are asking, and I certainly understand the curiosity about contract negotiations, uh, but that's not something I feel comfortable getting into. Obviously, if, if the player or his agent wants to talk about it, they're free to do that. In fairness to the process and the situation that we go through, uh, I'm not going to comment on what negotiations w- were like or what was said back and forth. I just don't think that's a productive endeavor. So, uh, you know, I understand the question, but that's not something I'm going to dive into the details on. Uh, and then your second question, similar answer, which is I had a lot of conversations with a lot of teams, but I don't think it's fair for me to say which teams were interested in which players and which ones weren't. Uh, I've just never felt that that's a, a fair thing to say. I wouldn't want another team commenting on my interest in their players, so I'm not going to comment on another team's interest in our players. You know, when you take a look at, at the, the moves made and what's coming in the summer of 2020 for the draft, you've got, you got seven picks now ahead of you, highlighted by a first, a second, and two third-rounders. So there's obviously quite a bit of optimism in terms of where you can go with things and what you can shape this team into coming in the future and coming soon in 2020. Well, that was the goal of ours today. I think there's no question that the, the value in the draft uh, is in the early part. The first few rounds is you just look at it historically, you know, the vast majority of the players come out of the top three rounds. Now, of course there's a lot of those, you're going to point out the outliers who are taken in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and there certainly are some, but there's far more guys in those rounds, um, you know, that don't find their way to the league. So, yeah, I think it was important for us in particular to get into the second round, um, and we were able to get another third-round pick. So having four picks in the top uh, three rounds is uh, very important. I think that's where you're going to get uh, the majority of your NHL players out of that pool. Uh, It's our scouts' job 
to try to maximize those picks later from four through seven. And we're certainly um, focused on having some success later in the draft. But uh, I think it was important for us to fill in our grid. You know, we did not have a second round pick. Uh, and that was certainly a priority. Um, they're really hard to come by at this time of year. Um, and, uh, and that's why it was important to come out with a second and a third in the, in the moves we made. So uh, from that per- perspective, we were pleased with how it played out. Specifically with Laner, did you get to a point where you felt that you weren't going to be able to sign him if he got to July 1, and that's why you went ahead and made this trade? Uh, well, the the fact that we made the trade today was trying to recoup uh, some value that was out there, and I think that's something that you're always weighing as a general manager. You're, you, we've got a player whose contract is up at the end of this year, and his rights are he's an unrestricted free agent. So um, you have a couple of things you can do. You can uh, obviously keep the player and do nothing. You can uh, sign the player to a contract, or you can make a trade. And, uh, you know, in, in those three options, this is the one that we felt made the most sense for us. I'll ask what Scott was probably trying to ask. Uh, you're bringing in Malcolm Subban in the trade, and you have uh, – guys in the AHL and such. Uh, what's the plan for the goaltending situation moving forward, specifically the, the NHL backup role behind behind Corey? Well, Colin has had a, a, a brief stint as our uh, NHL goalie. You know, uh, in the past, he's got his feet wet a little bit. Um, and certainly uh, Malcolm has NHL experience as well. I think he's close to 70 games in the league. So, um you know, I think that's something that is going to play itself out over the next uh, you know, few months here and leading into the summer where we do have some decisions to make. Uh, it's a little bit early to be um, handicapping what's going to happen with uh, the goaltending position. You know, we, we just acquired Malcolm a few hours ago. So uh, I think we have to have a little bit of time to to reset here and analyze that. But in the terms of Lankinen and Delia, they both had tremendous seasons. You know, Kevin was an all-star in the American League. Um, great season for him. Colin, has, uh, he started a little bit slower, but he's been outstanding the last uh, couple months uh, back to his level, um, certainly from last year. So we've got two really competent goalies that are pushing to be NHL caliber. Uh, we've got Corey here who we all know very well. And then we've got Malcolm now, who's the newest to the group. And, uh, you know, he's still a young goalie, and, um, and he's trying to establish himself as uh, not only as a backup, but probably pushing to be a starter. So uh, that's something that's going to play out over the next couple months and leading into the summer. Um, we're not going to make those determinations in the next few days or weeks, I think, um, you know, we have to figure that out leading into next year. Uh, Stan, I'm curious, trading Robin away, you know, having him on the team, you were able to negotiate a new contract with him. Uh, do you feel like trading him closes the door on a potential return, or do you think you still have a chance to sign him this summer? That's a tough one to answer, Emily, uh, you know, because I think there's some unknowns there. Obviously, he's with another team now, so they could extend his contract. Um, you know, it's... It, 
it, I understand the question, but you know I can't really. See, he's not our player anymore, so I can't say whether we're going to uh, be interested in him or not. That's not the way the system works. But um, you know the the way it's going to play out that'll unfold over the coming month. Um, and you know I haven't had a chance here in, in these questions to make a comment about Robin, but I. I'd like to take a second here just to thank him for uh, everything he did for his time in Chicago. Uh, I've gotten to know him um, going back to last summer when we had several conversations and he, he believed in us enough to come to Chicago. Uh, he's a fantastic person, um, really unique guy, uh, great goaltender, um, really enjoyed getting to know him and I, I wish him well. I, had a, a long conversation with him today after the trade was completed and, um, you know, just said that I certainly appreciate everything he did for our organization. He gave it his all, and uh, I, I wish nothing but the best for him in Vegas. Stan, how, how do you look at the, at the the big picture here right now? Are the Blackhawks better off than they were yesterday? Are they in better positions, or is this kind of just a necessary evil of the business? Well, it's depends if you're looking in the short term or long term. Um, you know, we're, you're, one of the things we're always trying to balance as the manager is maximizing the short term but not uh, forgetting about the long term. So I think long term we're in a better position. We have some additional assets now. We've got a young defenseman coming our way who we've had a chance to watch quite a bit of from Denver, uh, Slava Demon. Uh, I think he's a player that when the People get to know him. They're going to realize why uh, we're excited to add him to our group. Uh, talented young defenseman, uh, a lot of upside. We like his uh, all-around game. We've had the ability to watch him quite a bit uh, at Denver. We've been in there to work with Ian Mitchell over the last couple of years, and um, you know Slava's caught our eye uh, just in his play, but also going back to his draft year. So. Uh, and we also added two early draft picks, a second and a third. So I think there's no question that we're positioned better uh, down the road. You know, certainly when you trade players away, it, it hurts you in the present. So that's the that's the hard part of this business, but that's the way this business works. There's times when you're on the other end of it and you're um, trading away assets, draft picks and prospects and getting a player to come in and make your team better that next night. So um, you can look at it from both sides, and I understand you know, some people are tilted one way or the other, but from where we're at right now, it's important to try to build up uh, some assets and uh, you know, build for the future, and uh, I think we're in a better position to do that today than we were yesterday. Hey, Stan, I just want to follow up on something you said earlier early on in the press conference, or, you know, conference call where you said it's you know, this, it's a different situation where you're trying to trade a goalie than it is for a forward or a defenseman. Were you, having, were you finding it more difficult to get what you kind of thought would be a fair, a fair trade for Robin just because maybe there weren't the number of suitors you were hoping for? Well, all, all I was trying to point out, John, was that um, it, it's a different situation. It, as much as um, you want to think it's the same, uh, the, well, there's a lot of teams that, that think Robin's a great goalie, but they, they've got their own great goalie, and only one goalie plays a night. Um, you know, and like I said, if you've got, you know, 
five really good defensemen, you can still use that sixth one. Uh, so that's why there, there's teams always looking for forwards and defensemen. And uh, it's just a different situation when you're when you've got a goalie. So uh, that's all I was trying to point out that it it's hard to compare that situation to other skaters that were traded. Um, you know, I haven't looked through it. Not many goalies were traded. I think there were some you know third goalies traded guys looking for depth. But um, that's why even if you look back. Uh, over the years, and we we certainly did this, trying to see other examples of goalies uh, of Robin's uh, caliber that were traded uh, to try to suss out the value that the market puts on them. Um, there were very few examples of that, so that that's something that that's just the reality of the business, and you know you take what's in front of you. So um, we certainly did our best. We. And we certainly didn't turn down any other deals. We did um, the best deals that were available to us, and uh, that's what we were tasked with today. Stan, when when you when obviously it became apparent that okay, you were going to move Robin was the goal obviously to pick up some assets, but also a goaltender in that mix in return as well. Yeah, that, that's something that you have to look at because um, you know we have the. The Rockford team we have to think about as well, and um, you know you you're not able to bring in new goalies after today. So if you trade a goalie away and you don't bring one back, then you leave yourself in a little bit of a, a tough situation. If you do run into an injury or two, whether it's an NHL injury or an AHL injury, so um, you know we think that there's. You know, like I said, Malcolm's still getting his, uh, you know, trying to solidify himself as a uh, not only an NHL backup, but a, you know, pushing himself to be an NHL number one. And um, you know, he's he's at that age when goalies start to, you know, take a step forward. So uh, hopefully, he's one of the guys that can do that. Uh, thank you, Stan. Uh, so I wanted to ask um, if you can kind of paint a picture of how this, uh, how today's moves free you up uh, financially and how that might inform uh, going into next season, this offseason and going into next season. Thank you. Sure, thanks for the question. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if the financial obligation was the primary one. I think what it was today was to try to uh, bring in some assets for players who, uh, after today, their their value to you goes down significantly because um, they don't you don't have any – controlling rights to them beyond this season. So uh, it, it's important in our game to try to manage your assets. Certainly in my position as the manager of the team, uh, it's all about asset management. And uh, when you have an expiring asset who you, whose rights you don't retain anymore, uh, it's not as much a financial uh, decision as it is uh, trying to recoup some value and Draft picks and prospects are uh, the big currency that was traded today for the teams that are looking to get players. They give up those assets, and uh, we were in the position of trying to build up our asset pool. Uh, and you know, certainly there's a financial component to it in the sense that um, you know those players aren't uh, you know obligated to your your books for next year. Uh, but I don't think that was our primary goal. It was really to try to bring in 
um, some value and some assets that we can use to select young players and um, add them to our stable of prospects uh, to make our team better in the coming years. Blackhawks VP and GM Stan Bowman with the media on Monday afternoon. Stan going to great pains to not go into a whole lot of detail on whether there were contract negotiations with Robin, whether they were stalling at that point, whether term, no movement clauses, money was a factor in whatever they happened to discuss. And then when it came to the question of whether he there's a the door is still open for him to return, saying he's not our guy anymore, I, I shouldn't be talking on that since he's not a member of the Blackhawks anymore, which uh, is something that Stan oftentimes uses when, uh, when uh, being asked a point-blank question about a guy who is gone and now whether the possibility of him returning. And there have been various reports about I heard everything today, and this is this becomes a who do you believe type of day. I heard everything today from Robin demanded five years, no movement, and the the salary that he wanted. And then later on, I heard, oh well, he's only uh, he was willing to go as few as three years and take less money in order to stay in Chicago. Well, unless anybody becomes public on this, you know, there are only a, a couple of people who know for sure. Uh, reporters can cite their sources and, and whatnot, but you hear everything from each end of the spectrum on days like this, and um, this leads us to the question now: If in fact the door is closed on Robin from ever returning to uh, to the Blackhawks, who's their goalie next year? And this leads me to believe my guess is that Corey Crawford. If he continues playing the way he has here lately through the remainder of the season, doesn't get injured again, he will end up being your Blackhawks goalie next season for a two-year deal, probably somewhere in the range that he is paid right now, maybe a little less, um, to try and help the team out. Corey, Knowing Corey the way I, I think I do, perhaps he does something like that. But if he keeps playing like he has here lately, stays healthy, I think they re-sign him and then figure out whether it's going to be Delia or Lankanen or Subban or whoever it's going to be. Uh, that's the way they will conduct business here moving forward. That's just my gut feeling, my guess on it. I agree. And let's also give credit where credit's due. Corey Crawford not only has played consistently this year, but this whole speculation of the trade deadline has not affected him. Now, I know there was much more speculation of Robin Leonard being the goaltender to be moved than Corey Crawford, but still. And I think Corey would be a much more difficult move to make, too. I, I think so, too. But, you know, he's still there's still the availability for that to happen. Robin Leonard, his last five games, has given up 20 goals, and he, he is on record of saying that it has somewhat affected him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that, all, that, that also may be a concern of the Blackhawks here moving forward long-term and short-term. The numbers 1-3-1, one, and one, 8-88, last five. Let, let's be honest. He, wa- he won games for the right. Blackhawks the first few we're, games we're of the not, season. We're not taking away things from his last right. five games. But, but the fact that you see the slippage here with all that's going on around him, could could have been a point of concern for the Blackhawks. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility. And when too. that happens, in the timing that it did, being right along now, you're asking Stan Bowman to make that decision right now. Who is our goaltender of the future? When, yes, you've seen all the, basically, the, the, the most success that Robin Leonard has had, but once something like a trade deadline starts to play into the picture, his play might be affected. So... That is a tough spot, and you know what you have in Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford has dealt with not only trade deadline speculation, but constant public doubt. 
He's also dealt with concussions. He's dealt with things outside the game that people have speculated. And he's always been the same goaltender. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're getting from a Stanley Cup champion of Corey Crawford. So, hey, it's a surer bet. It's an easier bet to go on Corey Crawford than Robin Leonard in that regard. And we're not trying to bury our heads in the sand by the fact that Robin is five years younger. Um, and, you know, he has all that, that potential time on his contract. And... You know, you could lock in that position for a, a very, very long time. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any reason to doubt what Robin can do long term. We do mention, you know, maybe there was some taken aback by the way he's reacted over things the last couple of weeks, and you know, kind of being a whole lot quieter than what we've known him to be. But uh, in the end, we don't know exactly what went on behind closed doors. Robin sent out a very gracious couple of tweets when. Word got out that he was traded, thanking the organization, loving the players in the room, loving the fans here, loving the city of Chicago, wishing everyone all the best. So we don't have those cut-and-dried answers at all, but these moves make me tend to believe, based also on the salary cap situation the Blackhawks will be in, unfortunately, again here moving forward um, with Kubalik to sign with you know, we we talked last week about maybe Dylan Strom's number coming down a little bit here with his recent play, but uh, other things that need to be addressed throughout the course of this roster that um, that could also play into this decision. As well. Yeah, I just definitely want to go on record that I I fully believe that Robin Leonard would be an excellent choice to be the goaltender moving forward. I think he has earned it, and. I, I wouldn't doubt or rather criticize the Blackhawks for going that route. I'm just saying that that had to have played a factor in this whole dre- uh, trade deadline situation because when it comes down to it, when it comes to the offseason, Corey Crawford is going to be uh, probably a more financial uh, or a better financial route for the Blackhawks in terms of the goaltending situation. Financially, yes. And, and, um, and you know, based on the finances, the Stan haters, you know, on social media will say, well, he put us in this situation with the contracts that he gave out. And, yeah, it, it's just chasing your tail round and round yeah. and round you go with, with some of this stuff. So in the end, um, yeah, uh, Eric Gustafson and Robin Leonard, as I think we all expected, are, are all uh, are sent packing. And the Blackhawks, based on their body of work here over the course of the last two or three weeks, their performance here put them in this position where they had to be sellers. Uh, didn't hear a whole lot of rumblings about uh, amount of interest in Brandon Saad. I thought he may have been another guy with the price. If the price were right, that. Uh, could have been moved with a $6 million number coming up next year in the final year of his contract. So Stan, as you heard him in the conference call, emphasizing regaining draft assets based on the team being where it is right now, being based on the unknown of, or perhaps the known, of what you're going to have to pay Robin Leonard if you really wanted him to return. And uh, all all these puzzle pieces work together. In the end, this is all are all the ingredients of what has been a disappointing season. After optimism five weeks ago before the bye week, things came tumbling down here pretty quickly, and it all resulted uh, in all these moves at the deadline. So the Blackhawks uh, move forward here. Again, they have to finish off this road trip with games at St. Louis and then, uh, oh, Tampa Bay, and then the Florida Panthers before spending the majority of the month of March here. But uh, just really quickly, uh, take, taking a look at you know some of the other teams that – really helped themselves here, and we'll start in the West. 
And again, I think Vegas is the clear winner here. They suddenly seem to be hitting some stride with five, six consecutive wins there. The team that knocks off the Tampa Bay Lightning from their 11-game winning streak. Um, they seem to have a good mojo going. You throw Robin Leonard into the mix. You throw Alec Martinez into the mix. And uh, they are finally, it appears, turning into the team that a lot of people expected them to be this season, um, but they needed to make some of these additions. And I'm going to be interested to see what that dynamic between Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be in Vegas as well. And yeah, by and large, though, throughout the, the rest of the Western Conference from contenders, Calgary just adds some some defensive depth. Yeah, Eric Gustafson will have a role there. Derek Forbort's a guy that they bring in from the L.A. Kings. Colorado stays very quiet, even though they had tons of maneuverability with cap space and minor league assets that they could have used to acquire a bigger name. Um, they just pick up uh, Vladislav Nemestikov from Ottawa and then sign on the goalie Michael Hutchinson. As we said, Dallas does not make any moves of significance. Edmonton. Get some depth guys. Andreas Athanasiu from Detroit. Obviously, Kenny Holland, the general manager, familiar with them. Uh, as well as Mike Green, whom they bring in on the blue line. Tyler Ennis, another depth guy there. Obviously, Los Angeles was a seller. Minnesota sells Zucker in exchange for Alex Galchenyuk. Nashville really didn't make a move either. Ben Harper um, was acquired from Toronto, and he wasn't even a regular up uh, with the Maple Leafs in, in exchange for Miko Salamaki. San Jose a seller. All St. Louis did, and probably all they needed to do was bring in Marco Scandella. I, I think the other significant two teams that you know may have upgraded were Vancouver with Tyler Toffoli, uh, bringing him in from the uh, from the L.A. Kings while they await to see how long Brock Besser is going to be out. And Winnipeg made a couple of nice moves as well. They're a scrappy team. After all they lost, man, uh, they're right there in the wild card mix. Uh, stick taps and uh, and uh, helmet tips to, to them, and they bring in uh, Cody Eakin, who allowed Vegas the trade to uh, from Vegas to Winnipeg to open up some cap space for them and Dylan DeMello. But for me, Vegas right here is is the big winner at the deadline, and uh, you know maybe a close second. I I, I kind of pick and choose here between uh, between Edmonton and um, Vancouver with the moves that they well. Made. Don't forget Philadelphia got Nathan Noel. That's right. That's right. But, but that's the Eastern Conference. True, true. That's the Eastern Conference. Going back with Vegas, yeah, I agree with you. Um, they also picked up Dick Cousins. But you know what the uh, Robin Letter, Mark andre Fleury scenario kind of reminds me of? The 2015 Hawks Cup run with having Corey Crawford and then maybe slipping a little bit. And then they bring in a guy like Scott Darling. Yep. And he is able to hold his own. Like, I can see... Robin Leonard being in a situation. Yeah, well, like he that. was in. Yeah, he was in the. Uh, he was in the system already. Darling was this. You know, Leonard being an outside acquisition, but there's always that dynamic. You're unsure. Everyone remember when Robin was signed. Everyone until training camp was like, "Oh, what's it going to be like between him and Corey? Corey's right. going to want to play." And I'm sh- these are hockey players. They all usually find a way to get along for the common good of what they're striving for in Vegas. And I don't think. From what I know of Mark Andre Fleur, he's not uh, he's not the kind of guy who's gonna who's gonna I don't put ha- a big roadblock there. <laughs> I, I don't have it right now, but apparently Kyle McCrimmon, the Vegas Golden Knights GM, said he spoke with Fleury prior to making the move for mm-hmm. Leonard. So I, I don't know what he said, but and you heard Stan say, you know, he spoke with Leonard in departing. Obviously, we don't have all the details, but yes, there was a conversation after the trade was made, thanking him for everything he did. It had what, to have been after his tweet, whether yeah, and whether that keeps the door open at all or not and whether that's even possible financially you know remains to be seen and as far as out east is concerned you know 
Carolina, we discussed earlier, they had their tack to take on how they wanted to cover up for their goalie injuries here, and they're going to cross their fingers, hope at least one of their guys comes back fairly quickly, and hope the defensive additions that they made along with um, the uh, with Anton Forsberg can hold down the fourth there. They also picked up Vinny Trocheck in a pretty interesting trade with Florida as those two teams are both jockeying for the wild card positioning, and they end up making a deal that probably each hopes uh, helps their own team because Eric Hall, Lucas Hallmark, and a couple of minor leaguers goes Florida's way to uh, rejoin Joel. Those were the big moves that Florida made. And uh, elsewhere, when you look at sellers, um, you can't get much better than what New Jersey came up with. They were in position to do exactly that. So in all, they pick up um, a number one, either this year or next year, two number twos as uh, Blake Coleman, Andy Green, Sammy Votnin, are, uh, are sent shipping. Those are the veterans sent out the door in New Jersey, along with Wayne Simmons, who only garnered a number five draft pick in return. Uh, the Islanders, they get Andy Green. They get uh, uh, J.G. Pajot, who's a really impressive player from Ottawa, then signed him to an extension. The Islanders seem to help their cause. You know, finally, the Rangers, I don't know how serious they would have been about trading Chris Kreider after we saw him last Wednesday night, because those rumors kept on going out. Why do you want to trade Chris Kreider? He's a guy that you can keep here in the lineup as part of this young team that seems to be gaining momentum. And uh, so they sign, uh, end up signing him to an extension, seven years, $45.5 million, although they do make that trade involving Brady Shea and uh, Igor Shesterkin, their number one kid goalie that we saw here last Wednesday, gets involved in an auto accident with one of his teammates, and he's out three or four weeks. So I don't know how much that bursts the Rangers bubble. They end up not moving any of their three goaltenders, Shesterkin, the quote-unquote starter, Georgiev, and Henrik Lundqvist. So that's kind of interesting. And then going back to what New Jersey did with draft picks, Ottawa, in the end, they pick up, uh, let's see, a number one, a number two, three number threes, a number four. Um, So uh, that's what they end up doing. And uh, the other teams that really stand out here, uh, Washington, which has been scuffling lately. They add Ilya Kovalchuk to the mix along with Brendan Dillon. But most interesting of all, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Man, they always they always are a story at the trade deadline. In addition to Jason Zucker a couple of years ago, Patrick Marlowe in exchange for a number three pick from San Jose. And then they get some depth guys and send Dominic Cahoon, Mr. OK Bye Bye, who I thought they really liked, they send him to Buffalo in exchange for Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sheary, a couple third- and fourth-line guys. Cahoon's one of those guys who Pittsburgh learned can move up and down the lineup, but instead they send him off to, they ship him off to Buffalo in exchange for Rodriguez and Sheary. And then I want to get to the team that probably made the most. But, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh and, uh, and Tampa Bay, with Blake Coleman coming over from New Jersey. I think that's a, that's a great move. And uh, they also get Barkley Goodrow, but they have to give up a first-round draft pick uh, for Barkley Goodrow, who is more of a depth guy, they sacrificed first-rounders for Goodrow and for Blake Coleman in that deal with New Jersey. After the year that Dominic, Dominic Cahoon had last year, who would have believed that he'd be on his third different team yeah. by, by this by the end of this season? And then you kind of bury the lead. How about the it was a Johnny Goudreau fiasco? Or, or who, <laughs> right, <laughs> skating off the ice. And, you know, uh, on these had days, to take care of some business. If you're at a if you're at a practice and a guy skates off the ice in the middle of it. The antenna go up, and the and the and the mountain of speculation rises. The last and place, in fact, all it was was the last place anybody's going to look is the team bathroom, and that's where he was. <laughs> lo and behold, Johnny, be good, Johnny Hockey.
Johnny Bathroom in this case, uh, awaiting uh, to welcome his new teammate, Eric Gustafson in Calgary. I guess the other team that we skimmed over, skimmed over is, in terms of contenders here was Boston. And uh, they are becoming Ducks East, apparently, because they, they pick up a couple of guys from the Anaheim Ducks, who I think are going to be good additions for their cause there, and Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie, a couple of guys who have uh, been involved in some deep playoff runs in the past for the Anaheim Ducks. Like the Blackhawks, though, unfortunately, back in those days, they aren't in that position right now. So in, uh, in the end, um, I don't know, a, a second, a third, another backup goalie, a defenseman prospect, um, I know there's a lot of Blackhawks fans disappointed. I'm not sure how realistically they they set that bar, how high they set it for what they may have looked for and wanted from Eric Gustafson and Robin Leonard. I guess the only thing we can say is Stan Bowman isn't going to make a second best trade, uh, and and you know I think he explained himself as best he could during that conference call that. Um, this was the market, and this was what he could get for those two guys. Yeah, so at the end of the day, the Hawks come away with four picks in the first three rounds next year. Yeah, they, and, and that second rounder was served as a purpose uh, to regain the one they lost in the Andrew Shaw trade with Montreal. And with Andrew Shaw, it's just been a, a disappointing season, and you know, you're know you hoping for the best of him uh, long-term here, whether he ever plays hockey again, because uh, that certainly looked like a longer and longer shot, at least for as far as this season is concerned. So, um, again... Capital is the word that Stan Bowman used in terms of building for the future. And based on the past month or three weeks or so, that has to be the approach of this team to start building for the future. Start uh, booking your calendars on the University of Denver's hockey team. And, right. And take, right. A, take a good hard look at Slava Demin and uh, Ian Mitchell and see how they're doing. Yeah, and apparently they, they have played a little bit together on the, on the blue line for the University of Denver. Obviously with eyes on Ian Mitchell with the Blackhawks staff, uh, they got a, a look at this uh, prospect for um, the University of Denver and now a prospect for the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, thank you for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Thanks to Brett Jackson and Curtis Koch for all their help from behind the scenes. Also to uh, Ernie Scatton as well for lending us his voice. Again, we encourage you to subscribe to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast presented by FanList on uh, Apple on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe. Leave a review when we have a new podcast. It'll be right there waiting for you. But uh, we're glad we were at least able to bring you just about all of what Stan Bowman had to say. It's what he said, whether you agree with it or not, whether your temperature is still up there or is cooling down as things settle in here. The Blackhawks are what they are this season, forcing Stan to uh, take this particular approach. So, uh, Joe, thanks a bunch. We will next do our podcast after the game Tuesday against those Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Not Mighty Ducks. They're definitely <laughs> not, not anymore. mighty this year. Not anymore. Uh, as the Blackhawks return home from this uh, four-game road trip and uh, they settle in for a, a long month of March here at the United Center. And uh, it's all about getting some mojo back and perhaps some momentum and getting some of these young players on track here towards the end of the season since uh, this one for the here and now, barring a miracle on ice on the west side, appears to be lost. Thanks a lot. Uh, you got any uh, You got any uh, play-by-play? You got any hoop studies here coming up over uh, the next several days? Yeah, unfortunately, the UIC baseball game got already it. got canceled. That was supposed to be on Tuesday. Baseball. but um, Well, they cancel games in Arizona now. That's true. <laughs> Apparently it rains over there. There's I, a better day here in 
Chicago on Saturday <laughs> down was. in Arizona. We should have had that. Now I've got uh, UIC men's hoops on Thursday. I'll be doing sidelines Saturday as well. Uh, they're hoping to move up their rank in the Horizon League standings. And uh, I've got some high school basketball on Exciting Wednesday. time of year for high it school is. basketball. It too. is, I yeah. Lo- love this A lot of, of good talent in this area, too. So it will be, let's see, it'll be the Mid-Suburban League Championship, Buffalo Grove at Schaumburg. All right. Uh, enjoy that. Have fun with it. I'll be here doing hour and a half post-game shows. Yeah, you got those long ones coming up. <laughs> Over the next three nights. But uh, we will fill them up, uh, including more with Stan coming up on the uh, Tuesday night edition after the Blackhawks face the Blues in St. Louis. Again, thank you all for listening. Enjoy your week. Take a breath. Reset. And we will talk to you again next uh, Wednesday morning when the Blackhawks Crazy podcast presented by FanList comes your way again.